Hello troops, Tom up here. Get ready to drop this next instalment of the Granite Zero podcast. But before I do, a quick couple of shout outs. Combat Fuel. Combat Fuel, veteran owned company that produces some of the best sports supplements out there. If you want 15% off, put in the promo code WARRIOR15 at checkout. Get yourself 15% off. You're welcome. If you like good coffee and you like it roast to order, ground down specifically to your taste, there's only one out there. Veteran-owned, veteran-run, dead mammoth coffee. Not only has he been a guest on the show, but he's a supporter of the show. So go and support him by getting some top-quality, decent coffee. Put in the promo code MIL15 at checkout and get yourself 15% off. If you like good sports apparel and you like a company that supports and helps other veteran companies and other companies, go and see my boys at Right Flank. Now Right Flank are a brilliant sports apparel company, brilliant top quality kit. If you want a discount, 15% off, put in the promo code FLANKED15, that's FLANKED15 at checkout, get yourself 15% off. If like me, you suffer from depression and you have general wear and tear on your knees, joints and other such larkers, Sleep depression, sleep disorders, excuse me, my face ain't working. Um, then there's only one thing to do, and that's use CBD, and that's scientifically proven to help you out. And if you want 15% off at the great and powerful Infusion CBD, put in the promo code GRANITE15 at checkout and get 15% off. But now joining me on the Granite Zero podcast is last year's guest of the year, Cage Warriors up and coming superstar. And I say that because coming up this week, he will be fighting for the Cage Warriors lightweight title. That is the one and only Mason, the Dragon Jones. Welcome to the Granite Zero podcast. Guest of the year, back on. <laughs> there he is. Back on. Nice to be back on, yeah? Yeah, mate. It's just me and you today. Darren is in the world famous Beefy Boys tonight. He's working. Do you know what? I can't wait to go up after this fight. That's why I'm looking forward to him on anything in a minute now. I bet, mate. I bet you'll we'll we'll next week. <laughs> Must be starving. I ain't too bad at the minute, actually. You drink that much water, you don't really get hungry. You just, um, just feel sort of like... Bleh. Don't want to do yeah. anything. Just sat in the wall. But um, uh, Mad, she's gone to meet some of her friends. Um, everyone's out. My mum, dad are away. Uh, my older brother's out in the piss. My younger brother, they're both out in the piss, I think. So, um, <laughs> me in the house. Uh, it's like, been nice. Like, so, so, you want to be a fighter, huh? I know. <laughs> I, um, I love it. I, I do. I think um, I couldn't think of anything worse than being in the cold and the miserable rain now. I'm a few beers, but... Um, I'm happy and you're getting ready for a world title fight, do you know what I mean? World title fight, mate. World title fight. For that, I was like, fucking yes. Well, I found out two o'clock that day, so we got released at five o'clock and two o'clock they called me 
Um, basically to say my second opponent pulled out. So I was supposed to be fighting um, Danilo Bellardo uh, or whatever his name is. Um, he's Italian, 12 and 5, decent all rider, all rounder, just been released from UFC. So it would have been a perfect um, skull for me to take, do you know what I mean? Um, trained up for that fight, leading up to it, and literally probably two weeks before the fight, two weeks before the fight, my opponent pulled out. Um, either he's ill. To be honest, he spoke, uh, Ian, Dean, the uh, matchmaker, spoke to my coach, and um, my coach sort of said, look, we don't want to hear the details because it seems as if, like, they basically want us to promise we're Italian. When we said, look, we prefer not to know. We don't need to know. Just find this new opponent. Um, I'm not really asked who it is. As long as I get, I get a fight, I don't care who. So they yeah. found me an opponent. Um, some guy, I can't say his name, French guy, some crazy legs. He'd been fighting Martin's table thing. So um, I looked him up. Legit guy. Um, won a youth uh, Taekwondo Olympics. Uh, Olympics. Youth Taekwondo World Championships. Um, yeah. Really good... Um, Taekwondo um, sort of accolade, so we knew he was going to be legit. Watch his fights, brilliant kick in, um, really good ground game, poor in, in between. But um, I was more than happy to take him, and um, I think I would have pr- probably destroyed him. Um, when yeah. I probably, I know I would have destroyed him. So we just happy to take that. And then um, Friday, so literally a week away, Ian uh, Graham texts me saying, um, You're free to talk. So I called him, and he was like, um, he said, look, good news or bad news, which you're on first. And I was like, start with the bad news. He said, your opponent's out. The eye infection that should have cleaned up hasn't cleaned up. He's unable to continue. Um, we've been banned from taking fighters that are in Europe. They have to be in the UK. No outside fighters can be matched now. He said, with everything going on, they refused the, the board one sanction it. So um, we're really limited in who we can get. One, someone will fight you on a week's notice. Two, someone will make lightweight, and three, obviously, there's only a limited pool of one fivers in the UK anyway. So, getting someone who's sort of on the right caliber would have been impossible. So he said, Joe McCold in the opponent. He also pulled this morning. Um, I don't know what I was from. He just said, look, he said, um, do you want to fight him? I said, um, obviously, I'm always game to fight anyone. I'll put my coaches. He said, look, uh, I said I'll put my coaches, but. Obviously, I can't really see him taking on a serious contender on short notice. Um, uh, and he, he literally said, he said, look, to sweeten the pot, we've agreed to put the title on the line. So I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, go on now. So I, I was like, look, I'll ring you back. I'll have to get permission first. So I rang my coach. Um, my I rang Craig first because Craig's my old judo coach and he's used to making like high-level decisions and stuff. I knew he wouldn't straight away agree. He was like, look, he was like, I'll take a look and get back to you. Um, I called my dad then. My dad was like, I don't know why you haven't accepted the fight yet. Then I um, called the rest of my coaches and they was all like, look, just take it. Um, you know you'll crush him. We've seen it before. You know it's not a problem. And um, so I accept the fight and it's all been released. So I'm buzzing. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a brilliant sort of uh, accolade that I wanted for a while. Um, I've been pushing towards that. Um, gets me noticed a lot more. I win that defend in June and I think I'll be in UFC then by the time it comes to September so I'm not in a rush like I'd like the this September card in Belfast I'd love to fight on as well if I don't go um, obviously I want to be active I want to be fighting so yeah, yeah. with the belt obviously I'm not overlooking Joe Joe's a dangerous guy um, he's got good submission skills good striking but I'm better every, everywhere than him uh, I think I'll crush him standing up if the rest is exchanges I think I'll throw him everywhere 
and um, ground game he is good, but I, I think as long as I make sure I do the right things, I'll smash him. So I'm not really worried about this fight. Like five rounds, I'm more than fit enough to go five. Um, my runs have been longer for this camp anyway. In preparation for June, I want to make sure that I was more than ready this time, that my fitness would be ready for a five-round war, ready for June. Um, I knew I would be fighting for the title in June. Uh, so it's just come a little bit early, and the um, year of the dragon. Do you know what I mean? It is my year of the dragon. How, how does you? How do you get yourself ready for? Obviously, like you said, then you've had three different opponents. Yeah. The space of a short space of time. Are you just focusing on what you're, what you do best, or do you? Or right. So or, two two sides to that, Petty. Um. From the judo and stuff I've done, um, I'm always used to fighting high-caliber opponents. You don't even know. So like the judo, when I did, you turn up and you wouldn't know. A lot of time, my coach wouldn't even tell me who the guy was opposite. So I fought world champions. I fought um, World Cup winners and Russian champions and all sorts. And, sorry, my interview alarm's going off. <laughs> <laughs> I fought, do you know what I mean? I fought high-caliber high caliber people constantly. So you never really know. So I'm never really worried about specific people um obviously it's nice to have notice and be able to train specifically for them but i don't really worried like i think by the time we got a name within 30 minutes we already had a game plan for him uh when i first made my debut he was one of the people who made the list and then he sort of slipped under the radar a little bit he come off a loss to jai then had a draw against um someone else who was just coming through a little bit and sort of after a bit of uh, he had a big injury layoff so I was thinking more so that I never really took him as a contender because I thought by the time it comes up, my time comes, he's going to be sort of the next group of people pushing. So when they offered me his name, I was like, yeah, I'm more than prepared and more than ready for it. And um, we'd already done a little bit of light game plan about him. I'd already broke his fights down. So I knew exactly what I knew I needed to do. I knew he's got a dangerous right leg. I know he's um, a right-hand heavy fighter. Um, I know he's got good combos. He likes to plant his feet. I know he got a good ground game. His wrestling's a little bit weak. But um, he's tall, but he crouches. Like, I, I, I knew a lot about him. I knew he was a, um, an orthodox fighter or a southpaw. So, like, I'm, this is, I'm obsessed with this sport. Like, this sport is literally my bread, but I don't do anything apart from this sport. It's all I've ever wanted to do. So, breaking fights, break, breaking fighters down the way I do is just something I do for a bit of fun. So, um, it was, I'm never unprepared, you know what I mean? Uh, there's always ways to beat people and, um, like, I, I was training leading up to this with Max Griffin in Team Alpha Male, who fought on the UFC main card um, under Joanna and, obviously, um, Adesanya's main and co-main events. And um, he lost on a close split, but me and him was having wars. He's a wild weight as well, and I was coming out on top on certain exchanges. And, um, you mean, I was, he was a lot heavier than me. And then coming back, training with... Um, Jamie Cox, who was 25 and 2 as a pro boxer, um, he lost against George Groves for a world title. Then he won again, then he lost again. So, like, these are guys with um, le legit records, fighting legit guys, and I'm handling them um, and dealing with them well. Me and Jamie go on a like, house on fire, same as me and Max. So, it's uh, I'm more than at the level, I'm more than ready. It's just putting the pieces together and waiting for everything to slot into place. and just showing my show showing exactly what I'm gonna do and come Friday night I'm gonna put, put my foot down and show people exactly who I am and make a statement and become a world uh, well a world champion. About wait, mate. I, I was buzzing as soon as I got the tickets. <laughs> I was like, wait for this. 
Um, me, uh, Mrs. Me, me, Mrs. Cousins coming up. Car also. Yeah, because he, he, he couldn't believe when I had you on the on the podcast first time. He was like, "How are you interviewing Merchant Jones?" I was like, <laughs> "I asked him." <laughs> and then he was like, oh, "Mate, I'd love to go and watch that." And I went, "Well, I can guarantee Kate's probably not going to want to travel yeah. to London because we're supposed to go um, on Thursday." Uh, my eldest daughter was supposed to be singing at the uh, at Wembley, some choir thing. Oh, what's that? Uh, but that's been cancelled due to the fucking Corona. virus bollocks. Um, so she was like, I don't really want to go to London twice. And I was like, well, I'll ask your cousin. He's a big fight fan. So we'll. <laughs> so me and him going to go. And I was like, you do, you do know I'm quite, I'm, I'm mates with Mace now, I'm mates, we're, we're mates, we're like that. And he was like, oh, oh yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll ping him a message, see if we can uh, maybe say hello. And he was like, oh, no way. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to like confirm anything because he's going to be busy, obviously, he's got stuff to do after parties and shit afterwards. <laughs> Definitely drop me a message and um, I'll come see you afterwards. Normally you just, by the time you finish, um, you go out to see medals, then um, I yeah, go yeah, yeah, to the yeah. room. Um, but it should be there around closing time, really. So drop me a message, and if I can catch you on the way out, I will. Um, apart from that, are you there the next day, or are you going straight home? Well, I only live I only live down the road anyway. I only right. live in Kent. Yeah, awesome. Oh. Well, drop me a message, because I'm there the next day for UFC, if that's not cancelled or not, and then um, we'll go see. Because what I think is going to happen, look, right? This is my stand <laughs> in it all. Um, they're going to... Uh, got an exclusive coming through exclusive coming from me they're going to have a meeting this week and they're going to call off all mass gag gatherings starting from the weekend and I think they'll start from Saturday so I think Cage Warriors will go ahead on Friday night and then they'll, yeah. they'll either cancel Saturday UFC or they'll do a closed order event um, I think they can cancel it to be honest if they're going to do any, any, anything um, but it's going to be one of them things they'll have to have a meeting first Yeah. go from there so um I'm more than excited, and I think Cage Roy is definitely going ahead. Um, from speaking to Graham and Ian, um, they're all saying, look, as long as we can go, we're going to go. Um, we're going to take it right away to the deadline and make and just push them. And as long as the O2 yeah. is ready to go, it's not to do with us. It'll be the O2 cancer, not Cage Warriors. Um, but so far, we've been given the green light, and they're saying just go. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because... Obviously, certain sports are like, no, nah, we definitely can't do it. And then you get things like Cheltenham Races that is ram-packed full of people. My family all went. <laughs> it's like, but you're going to make up your mind. It's just, I think it's all gone, it's all gone out of hand, I think. Mm. I think, well, like, this is the Joe Rogan podcast. I was like, yeah. Yeah. But it's what they said on it. They was good. Like, the main thing will kill people won't be... Um, the flu killing people who are vulnerable. It'll be lack of, um, obviously, um, medicines that people can't live without. So stuff like insulin, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Chemo is going to be another one. Uh, and that'll be killing people as well. as like So my, my buddy, um, since I spoke to you last, um, my best friend, um, he's a barber who lives near me. We've been close friends for years, years and years. And um, when I, the day I got to Cali, he'd gone to hospital and I didn't know. And um, the next day then, one of the boys put in the group chat and was like, look, we think it's something wrong with Lewis. But because he's such a big wind-up merchant, we really didn't know. So in the end, yeah, I spoke yeah. to his mom and she was like, no, he's, he's really sick. 
Um, one of the boys spoke to his sister, and um, one of the other boys spoke to his nan, and we was all ringing each other, and like, look, they're saying it's legit, but we still didn't know. But um, it, it turned out it was serious. So um, he's got a disease called um, transverse mellitus. So he went from being perfectly healthy to paralyzed in 24 hours. So he's completely paralyzed from the neck down. So um, they took him to Bristol. Um, they, they took him to Neville Old First, which is Abergavenny Hospital, and transferred him to a specialty um, unit in Bristol. And he's just been transferred back now. And um, they basically said, look, he's paralyzed, could take up to five years for him to recover. So um, we were um, we were obviously thinking it's going to be terrible. He's not going to be able to do nothing. But um, it's been four months, I believe, and or three months. And um, yeah, four months. And he's got um, use of his right arm now. He's got mostly normal. It obviously is um, it's sort of like his fine fine coordination. His arm slightly off. His left arm is like he can move it a little bit. Not not much. And he's got feeling both his legs yet, but um, it's coming back. So we're hoping by the end of the year he'll be back out, maybe in a chair or um, just in um, doing physio. And we're hoping he'll make a full recovery within two, three years. So. Good news. So he's got because he can't see my fight. So um, as soon as I found out and I had the call from Capri, when I couldn't tell anyone, first thing I did was went straight to the hospital because only ten minutes away from Mad's house, and um, I told him in person. So he was gutted, but buzzing for me at the same time. So um, it was nice to give him some good news. Yeah. So like you were saying there, it's the um, people doing chemo and things like that. So. Where I work, they've got a um, it, there's a place called Genesis Care, and that's that's a big yeah. chemo place. And uh, they haven't started panicking or anything yet. So I'm like, well, if they're not panicking, and they've got people coming in that are riddled with cancer, yeah, I'm sure I'll be okay for the minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just oh, it's, I, why the toilet paper? I still don't I, care. I don't know. I I have no idea. What are you doing? Disney's after to make a white flag so they can surrender if they get infected. Right, Alan. My alarm went off again. <laughs> yeah, I know you It's like, tell you what, I'm going to panic by. What are you going to get? Toilet paper. Obviously. Toilet paper, pasta, tins. Like people pasta. be fighting in your, in your, the mm. aisles for like long, long life pasta and stuff. You, you could have got, you could have gone to uh, Asda, mate, and had a. Uh, uh, sparring sessions over some toilet paper if you want to. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Mad's sister, she's um, like a district manager for Aldi's. And she oh, said yeah. in store, she said it's gone that mad. So, they said they had three pallets of toilet paper in at 9 a.m. By 12 a.m., they was all gone. Three pallets full. She said um, they limited people to five cans, five items each, because people were coming in, filling their trolleys with pasta and cans and stuff, as if literally, like, it's an apocalypse situation. And they're going to live in a house for six months. But it's, it's, the, it's the conspiracy theory behind behind it all as well. It's like they're all giving you all the worst case scenario stuff, but they're not saying anything about the thousands upon thousands of people that are surviving it. They're all taking a mask off and they're all back to normal. Like yeah. I, I, I read an article the other day of a woman of 103 that survived it. So if a woman of 103 survived it, I'm sure we're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Well, that Rogan <laughs> podcast said, didn't he? He said um, in flu season in America, they normally lose around 400,000 people. And they think it's going to be twenty, either 20 or 25% more. So they were looking at about 750,000 deaths, which sounds like a lot. <laughs> if you look at the population of America. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like 6 million or something in, there in just California alone. Oh, no. 
I don't know. That's just a guess. <laughs> it's ridiculous the amounts, but um, it's just people going to panic. Um, like, I obviously want to go back to Cali after this fight um, for April time in prep for June, and um, I'm hoping the flights go cheaper, but uh, oh, he's... whether I'll be able to go uh, then or not. Yeah, my, my brother-in-law and my uh, Mrs. other cousin, they've, they've forked out, fuck it, I think it's almost 10 grand for this amazing trip to America that they started paying for last year. And they're, they're supposed to be going in April. It's all been cancelled. They're cancelled all, are they? Yeah. He said, uh, luckily, well, luckily but unluckily, so they've cancelled all the attractions that they were going to see. They've all been shut down, like Disneyland and all yeah. that but if the flights still went ahead they would have lost all the money that they put in for these attractions but because the flights have now been cancelled they get all their money back which is lucky in a way but also unlucky because it's a, a trip, a, trip, a trip of a lifetime for them like well tell them to rebox straight away yeah. <laughs> money probably gone cost probably gone right down just rebox for a different time yeah exactly that's what I said that's what, exactly what I said it's, it's people fry my head with it. I I don't get it. Like um, I understand people who got at risk family members and stuff being yeah. really worried, but um, do you mean there's there's nothing you can do. You just deal with it. It's just one of those things. Do you mean it's flu? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like <coughs> all the the football manager was it Mikel Arteta or whatever his name, the uh, Arsenal football coach. He had it. And it was like, within like a few hours, he's released a statement saying, yeah, I'm feeling better already and all this. It's like, hang on a minute. We're supposed to be like death's door with this, according to the media. But I reckon um, you are, if, you, if you're having a scratchy throat, um, you're like a normal cold where your throat starts feeling dodgy. Yeah, yeah. You, you could have coronavirus then, but it takes four days before you start developing. So if you, um, if you swill normal salt, or the kills infections in your throat, there's a chance, obviously, you can get rid of it before it really latches on. But you're, you're severely contagious when it's in your throat because, obviously, you're coughing and spluttering and it's going everywhere. Um, and then after that, you just, get severe, um, you just get severe flu. So people get it depending on how your body handles it, what sort of um, uh, white blood cells your body has. Um, I probably said that wrong. But do you know what I mean? Antibodies is the word I was going to say. What sort of antibodies your body has yeah, depending yeah. on how you handle it. So... You could be, you could just have a normal flu, or you could be at death's door. It just depends. But as long as you're fit and healthy, they take fluids on and don't move for two weeks. You're fine. It's like zero point zero two percent. Madness. Madness. I, 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 I remember having the flu. It was back when I was at college, so that was a good fucking what? However long ago, but I remember having. More than ten years. Yeah, more than ten years. So, uh. I, I remember hallucinating because I was that I was that man down yeah. that I had a monkey butler that was bringing me my lem sips and things. In reality, it was my mum, but there's me thinking that I had this fucking monkey butler. So I was like, we've all had the flu. Even, even, I even. Yeah, even on Rogan again, he, he he mentioned that even the common cold is a is a is a a phase of this coronavirus. Yeah, been around since like well ever, forever. So everybody that's listening to the Grand Zero podcast, chill the fuck out. 
relaxed. Stop buying so much toilet paper. Well, a lot of the time, how it is, is people go to the supermarket, and it's pe- if it's somebody in front of you, and they're chucking toilet rolls and pasta in their, in their trolley, and they're starting to panic, people just have that herd mentality going, shit, if she's doing it, I need to do it. Yeah. And then you see one person doing it, and then all of a sudden 10 people are doing it. It's like, have you seen those experiments where they run through a group of people, scream yeah. and run, and everyone just turns and runs for them? They don't see where it is. They just go. I, I used to do that in, in the Hereford Town Centre. You'd not they're running and screaming. I'd go in there, and if you just stand there and look up, eventually people start looking up next to you. It's like, I'm not actually looking at anything. I'm just looking at the sky. You're an Wait. idiot. Have you seen the elevator experiments? No, what's that? So basically, people go to an elevator that only has one set of doors, and they'll look in one direction. And as long as the elevator is empty, or they, there's two of you facing this one direction, when people head in, they'll face the same direction as you. Doesn't matter whether you're facing <laughs> the windows, where they face the wall, people copy it. People don't like standing out, they don't. They like falling in line. Yes. We're all chic, really. No offence. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, that's, that's not the worst thing I've been called, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so, go on, tell us about California, then. Oh, it's brilliant. So, um, this time like, is a shorter trip for me. like you're having a ball, mate. Oh, I love going out, out there. If it wasn't, if if I wasn't, if I had more money to support myself out there, I could see myself staying out longer, and obviously, um, with my girlfriend and stuff doing law, she couldn't come out with me so much, so she's hoping to come out again next time. Um, but I, um, we, we've talked, and um, as long as I can get a visa, I think eventually I'll be wintering out there because I just can't deal with the cold. Yeah, and the lifestyle out, out, out there, like even in, out like when I went, I went in, um, when did I go? January, February, February. Like it was like 18 degrees, and they're all walking around in winter kit, and I'm like, do you mean I walk around in shorts and a jumper and they all look at you like you're crazy and it's like this is perfectly acceptable for me like this is lovely <laughs> this is this is the best honestly but the training's just insane the coaches are all awesome the training partners out, out there so um, last time I spoke I told you I was, I, um, I'd be training with a guy out there called Tawfiq um, Yazvijani um, he won the Risen title the world lightweight title um, he absolutely destroyed everyone in the tournament um, Chris Gonzalez, obviously the um, wrestler I do a lot of work with out, out there. He won another one of his Bellator fights not long ago, so he's on a, another win streak and he's grinding away. Um, they're all out, all of them out, out there are doing phenomenally well. Uh, Max Griffin started training with us as well, like I said. Obviously Darren Elkins, um, Andre Feely. Andre Feely, he's one of the he's a monstrous striker. And um, his last fight I was getting from for um, he had an injury going into that fight. And, um, like, obviously, I'm not going to make excuses for him, but um, that was the worst I've seen him. He's still lost on a close split decision. So, yeah. it's, it is hard, it is, but um, they've got, they literally just, everyone's going from level to level, and I'm glad being included in uh, part of the team, sort of thing. It's awesome. But it's one of those, isn't it? I've, I've always been a fan of the team alpha male, anyway, because obviously I'm, I'm a midget, so I quite like her. Seeing that the little guys doing well, and they've they've always been a uh, iron sharpens iron type. Yeah, and it seems like they had a, a a group full of killers, and now they've added an extra one, a Welsh destroyer. As soon as I um, found out on Friday, I messaged Uriah, and um, 
I ended up telling him on FaceTime. He was he was over the moon for me. Like that's 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 the type of guy he is. Like um, it didn't matter what he was doing. He made time to speak to me on FaceTime. Um, obviously I don't have any ties to him. I'm not fighting out of their gym. Um, I paid basically nothing because they hardly take money off off me. And um, I uh, I'm not managed by him or anything. But he just like he was interested in what I've been doing. Um, he asked me if I want if I wanted him to look at this boy I was fighting and. He's just—he's so positive, and he's just so about the lifestyle. It's—it's it's insane. So this time, before I come home, so I flew. Um, I was flying home on Wednesday. No, I was flying home on Thursday, and Sunday. I thought this is my last day. I'll go for a, like they have electric scooters there. Go for a scooter around downtown Sacramento. Beautiful weather. Um, really enjoyed myself. Went back to the supermarket on, on the way home just to pick up some food for the night because I was running low because obviously I was going home soon. So I was just buying the essentials. Um, Went in, come back out, someone reversed into my rental car and scratched all two panels, scratched the those bits. But because I'm under 25, I can't rent through a rental company. I have to use Turo. So Turo is an American app. You basically rent someone else's car, and it's the cheapest way for me to rent, but it's still ridiculously expensive. So I had like the cheapest insurance possible, so that basically I was going to get fined through my arsehole, and it was like, probably would have been costing me about two grand. So... I messaged a couple of the guys out there and I messaged you right and said, look, do you know anyone who got me? He said, yeah, don't panic. He was like, come see me tomorrow. I'll sort it. So I went to see him. He basically sent me to his millionaire friend and um, the guy sorted me out. I ended up paying like $400, which is like 300 pounds. And they fixed my car up in like eight hours. Looked brand new. And like that's the type of guy he is. He goes out of his way to help you and he always knows something that can help. And he just does the extra. Whereas other people, I think, rather than go through all the stress around the ring people and sort it out, for someone who doesn't have any ties to him, he's like, yeah, no problem, I'll sort it for you. Um, he's, he's that type of guy. He's, he's always come across as a fucking down-to-earth, really, or just an awesome bloke. Like, even on, I know there, some of them are quite, um, it's, it's a big em up and that, all those countdown yeah. shows, but every time I've seen him on any of the countdown shows, when he did, when he was a coach get with uh, Conor McGregor on Tough, I was like, oh, he's fucking brilliant. Yeah. He's got a hell of a chin. <laughs> yeah, I'm great with you. <laughs> he laughs about it as well because they all rip him flat out about it. Yeah. Because obviously, if you've got, do you know I mean if if you, if you've got a chin like I, you you used to get bandered about oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, well, I, I used to get it for my ears, so I, I've got I, I'm all right. <laughs> I'd, I'd have never made a uh, a guy any good at jujitsu or uh, wrestling with these ears. They'd be <laughs> everywhere. It'd be all over the shop, mate. <laughs> well, I, got, I, I got one. One that went up the mad sword for me. Doesn't look too bad now. And my other one's still pretty good. So um, I'm not doing bad. I just look like I've been in wars. But I've looked like it since I was born, to be honest. Like, I just have one of them faces. always look beat up. Yeah, you got, you got, got your squashy nose as well, haven't you? <laughs> Bounce back nose. It made me laugh because um, as soon as they released a the poster for that, someone, some scouts had commented on it saying... Um, um, but you, at least you could tell these two are fighters. Look at the mushies on them too. I was like, you cheeky prick. Like, they laughing. I was like, you cheeky fucking bastard. I was like, I, I went to mad. I went, there's nothing wrong with my face. She went, no, no, there's nothing wrong. And I just walked out laughing. I was like, you cheeky fuckers. Like, <laughs> no, no, you're lovely. That's it. I sound, sound like your nan. Like, <laughs> oh, fucking brilliant. I am buzzing for it though, mate. I fucking yeah, genuinely. It's, it's my first, like, proper event I'm going to live as well. Right. 
come and watch the one in June in Cardiff because Cardiff's next level deal too as well. It's bigger, it's better, and the, the Welsh crowd's insane. I'll sort you out with tickets, no problem. But um, come down and watch the one in June. Oh, I'll have to make sure I uh, get on that then. Yeah, bring the missus that town as well. Um, it'll, it'll be a nice, it'll be a nice weekend. Oh, nice one, nice one. So, what do you what do you do now then while you're um the last week? So down. Today's my week, my day, day off. Um, last like all the way through the Friday, which is all training for me. Um, tomorrow now, um, I'll get up, I'll run wherever I decide to get up. So I've got to stay up now till one a.m. I'm not allowed to go to sleep till one a.m. Um, just to get my sleep pattern shifted because I've been training early and different things. I have to start going to bed later and staying up and sleeping in later. So I'll try and sleep in till ten a.m. Just because obviously I'll be fighting around ten a.m. If, at 10 p.m. If you're starting to get tired around 10, that's that's not a good thing. You have to get your body used to being up later. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, tomorrow I'll get up whenever I get up. Um, I'll run about 10k. Then um, uh, I'll be water loaded through the day. So I'll drink about, well, I say about, I'll drink 8.2 litres of water. Um, same as I drank today. And then um, in the night, I'll do pads as late as possible. So I think we're doing them around 9, 10 o'clock. And then um, I'll do the same thing. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then I'm done. Then I'm I go for a light run on Wednesday, nothing too crazy, and then weigh in on Thursday, and I'm done. Ready to go, ready to throw hands. Wait, wait, all on a uh, on track, is it? I don't know. I am weighed now. I um, <laughs> I don't. As soon as I I did the tight end. So last time I weighed was about a week and a bit ago, and um, I was about where I should have been, um, within acceptable mar- margins. Like this is the biggest I've ever been. So um. I was topping off a little bit heavy, but nothing crazy. Um, my last cut was the easiest I've ever done, um, and I come. I was slightly lighter, but only slightly. So by the time I bang the runs in and stuff, I should be perfect. Oh, happy days, mate. So just just on the on the on the uh, old weight cutting thing, because I had a chuckle. Yes, I even commented on something. I know I shouldn't have done because it's fucking jack as fuck, especially with fighters and their cutting weight. Yeah. Fuck. Because the old, uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking Motown Phenom. Lee Kevinney. Ah, uh, so um, I subbed him, I have. Have you? Yeah, we rolled once. He came down, he was supposed to be on holiday, and he came in for some, ro- for some rounds. I think he was trying different gyms out to find out which gym he wanted to move to before he moved to um, uh, TriStar. And um, we had a couple of rounds, and um, we did a round of jiu-jitsu, and I managed to catch him. Ah, awesome. Yeah, I just thought it's funny where he's like, coronavirus or no coronavirus, I've cut weight, so I'm going to be fighting someone. And then he misses weight. <laughs> I was like, ah. Oh. I was like, after all that. I know. There's never an excuse to miss weight, mate. Like, that's the only two jobs I have to do. The only two jobs I have to do. Sorry, my brother's ringing me now. Uh, the only two jobs I have to do is make weight and... Being fit and health, healthy to fight, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. <sighs> Sorry, my brother's calling me flat out. Um, he's on the piss anyway, all the prep. So I text him and said, don't call until 9.30 at the earliest. And of course, it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> so he rings you now? <laughs> he rang me twice. I just declined the call twice, so you'll probably keep going. But um, here we go, three times now. <laughs> That's why I keep splashing off. <laughs> There's me thinking, right, we're going to have a, a perfect Granite Zero podcast with nothing going wrong, and you keep popping up. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Zach. 
He should stop. I text him, but I think he's a bit drunk, so he'll probably ring. He should stop calling me now. Yeah. I had a good. I had a good chat with um, Darren yesterday. Yeah. Um, because he's now got. He's just moved house, and um, he's got a really good setup going on now. He's got like a like an outdoor cabin thing. Oh, cool. So that's now his version of the Chedio. And he's like, right, we need to start moving now into phase two. And I was like, oh, what, what's phase two? And he went, right, you need to get some proper kit in here. So I was like, <laughs> I went, I know. I went, it's not like I'm not trying. <laughs> it's like, it's fucking expensive, mate. Fuck fuck. Um, oh, it's not cheap, is it? Nah, so he, he's, he's decided he's... Um, he, he's gone and bought me a webcam and a and a mic for my birthday, right, cool. which was nice of him. Even though how my old, birth. How old are you? Thirty-three, mate. Thirty-three years young. Thirty-three years young. Thirty-three years young. I'm twenty-five in April. I'm envy, bro. I'll be twenty-five. Just a kid in you, mate. Just a kid. But that's old. I just <laughs> start feel pressured. Now that man's like, mom, we gotta start looking at houses and stuff, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Like, I'm a smart guy, so, um, because my dad's so money-orientated about different things. Like, my dad's, where I love to fight, my dad loves making money. Um, he's always been the same. So, um, he's advised me in certain things. So, I've got more than enough money for a deposit saved up and stuff, and I'm doing take my time, this and that. But um, she's, like, she's mad, like, to be planned, where I just like to jump into things. So, she's, like, every two minutes, she's, like, look at this house. I'm, like, I don't want to look at a house this week. Please, please stop showing me houses. Please. I just <laughs> have a blue door, like. To be fair, my missus is the same. So we, um, we, well, we're just remortgaging now. So this is yeah. our perfect time to do it, really. This is our first, yeah, exactly. This is our first house. We've been here for two years. But as soon as we bought it, she was on fucking right move, looking at it. the next one. Yeah. We, to be fair, we found, we found the perfect house. But it's like, oh, we just haven't got that little bit to get us over the edge to get it. Yeah. But... We'll get there eventually. It's not it. That's the way it goes, do you know what I mean? Um, there'll always be something to stop you. So, like, my, my, my older brother, that's the one who keeps calling me. He, um, him and his girlfriend, were, um, like, he's been coined up for ages. Like, the amount of money he earns is ridiculous. Um, he runs his own company and works my dad's company and does something else. And he's another one. He doesn't have hobbies to spend money on. He just loves money as well. So, um he, um, he had money for a house for years, and um, like my, my parents don't charge us anything to live at home, so he's been saving this and saving that and um, looking for the perfect house. And they found a house they were perfect to go for. Went all the way through the last stage, and then the house ended up falling through. They had a problem. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, they were panicking, and then because um, they obviously couldn't find the right house, and they'd been less than two minutes later, the right house turned up, and um, I think it's all gone through now. So it's just one of the things where it's meant to be, it'll then to be, it'll work out. That's, that's, that's my mentality, mate. Well, I, I always, my missus is a fucking warrior. She worries about everything. And uh, I'm, I'm quite late. I'm, I usually stress about stupid things that I don't need to stress about. That's my problem. Yeah. Where things like that, I'm like, well, if it's meant to happen, it will happen. And that that's how I've always been. It was like, ah, it will sort itself out. But she's like, oh, we haven't got our little... Because um, I can't remember, we had to we had to pay for something, and it basically wiped out our savings. I can't remember what it was for. 
but she's now like, oh, we now don't have that comfort blanket. And I was like, when we, we've never struggled. So we always pay our mortgage on time. As long as we've got a roof over our head, the bills are either paid and I can get food in. But if we have to get rid of like little luxury like Sky, we'll get rid of Sky. It's not... Mate, I get rid of Sky anyway. I don't understand the whole thing. Yeah. My mum and dad pay so much for it. I'm like, no one watches we're, we're, no one watches anything on that. I don't even watch TV anymore. I just read. That's good. I wish I could read, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really bad for films. I love films. Like, like I, I adore Man films. Man after my own heart. So that's why I like books so much, because when I read, it's literally like a projective film. In, yeah, in, that's, that's, that's always good. I've always struggled reading. Because, um, I, I, well, I like to say I'm a lazy reader. I skim read. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I've done that. And then I'm like, well, I'm not really taking this in. So that, that's always been my problem. It's, it's part of my dyslexia, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a movie buff as well. I even took one of the movies that you were watching the other day on Never Back Down. What's that oh, today? What a film that is, bad. I watched that today. Have you seen that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, I, I, I would be disappointed if you hadn't seen I, I went to the cinema. Okay. Really, let me have Just kill that corner. Gotta wash your hands. I'll be killing everyone in the house. Gotta wash your hands, mate. Gotta wash your hands. Did you sing happy birthday while you were doing it? <laughs> oh. My uh, my youngest does a different song. I can't, I'm going to have to get her to sing it to me. It's like, she's got all these lyrics that go with it. Like, I'm doing my palms, I'm doing the back of my hands. In between, I think, oh, that's all bollocks. It's quite funny. <laughs> Oh, she she was funny. We were literally before I came on, we just um were having our little we had a bit of a picky dinner just to wind you up. Yeah. We were in wings and stuff like that. Oh, stuff that you're not allowed to eat. Um <laughs> I love barbecue food and, uh, barbecue wings. Oh she was uh having a bit of banter with her sister and um she my my eldest is very fair, so she's got uh, her hair's blonde. Uh, eyelashes are blonde, her eyebrows are blonde, and I've always wound her up by saying, "Oh, Jess, you've got no eyebrows." That's because th obviously I've got the world's thickest eyebrows. Yeah, she doesn't take after me at all. And Sophia was just sat there, and she just look, was looking at her and goes, "Well, it doesn't matter what you think, Jess, because you've got no." F well, she always said you've got no fucking eyebrows, but she went, "You've got no eyebrows." Like that. I was like, "Oh, solid bird, fucking might drop on you." She's got all the sass, mate. All the sass. Bless her. How old is she? Uh, she's six. <laughs> yeah, the attitude on her, you wouldn't think she was, though. Girls, you, mate. Um, I got all brothers and one sister, and um, sis my sister was completely different to the boys. Completely different. Yeah. Well, well both me and Dara, we've, we've just got girls. So I've got... 
she's, well, she's eight at the minute. She'll be nine in June. And the six-year-old, and then my niece is... Eleven? Twelve? Twelve. But if you get her brother's age without niece... I'm going to go twelve. She's probably going to not watch this, because she's not allowed, because swearing. But, yeah, she'll, she'll probably have a go at me for that. Bless her. She's just coming back from an injury, my niece. She's done her ankle in playing football. Bad or...? Um, well, she's been out for a good, good month or so, maybe even six weeks. Great, yeah. great. Bless her. She was on crutches for ages. Yeah. Oh. I said, you oh. were, she, she really wanted to get back in and play, like, straight away. And mm. I was saying to Darren, and, well, he knows what he's talking about anyway, but I was like, make sure she doesn't, mate, because it's the worst thing I ever did. Yeah, you just do it again. Because I, I, I've got... Sash, oi, stop. Uh, uh, dog. Dog, yeah, she's scratching her ears all the time. Do my head in. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah, I, I um... <laughs> dog sitting, I am. Dog sitting, mate. Yeah, I, I, um... I'm, I was constantly doing the ligaments in my ankles to the fact that when I went through my physio with the Air Force, they were like, these are the weakest... Well, they were like, they're, they're, uh, how many parachute jumps did you do? And I was like, I ain't done any. And they were like, oh, <laughs> you need to go through some proper physio. I was like, oh, brilliant. But, yeah, I was, so I was telling her I was telling her and him, I was like, you need to make sure you get that. You don't want to be like me when you're walking down the road yeah. and you just wrangle for no reason because you've got no oh. strength in your ligaments. <laughs> no, I think you've had serious injuries yet. Take it you haven't had any serious injuries or anything yet? No, nothing. I had um, I had a couple when I was I was younger, but they all um, I'm all fixed up. Um, obviously I won't say what they are because top secret. But um, but yeah, uh, everything's more than more than working fine. I've got a really good SSC coach um, ah. who's really big on recovery and stuff, and it's always active recovery. So I'm always fit and healthy. Like to be honest, I haven't really had any. Any injuries in a long time? Um, touch, touch wood, anyway. Yeah. But um, it's just one of the things. Sometimes I think it, it'll it'll either come or it won't, and um, you just got to deal with it. Like I, the last time I fought in the O two, I fought with a broken right hand, and um, I still got the job done. I still finished. I still beat the guy. So yeah, that's that's fucking epic, mate. Yeah, I've um, I've been quite lucky injury wise. I've just got. Old, old man veteran injuries now where my knees hurt my back hurts ankles hurt which is what I, oh, me and me and me lads on me whatsapp group found it quite funny with the old Deontay Wilder situation where he said he was too heavy and, he, and his legs went and I was like oh that's cute <laughs> just take the loss like a man do you know what I mean I've never understood this you lose thank my my opponent I had a bad night um, not gonna make any excuses. I'll be back better. See you next time. There we go. Full stop. Done. And I think you would have had so much more respect from everyone. But the fact that you went, oh, that again, quoting Joe Rogan, he was on Joe Rogan saying he trains with a forty-five pound weighted vest. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot, mate. Just yeah, like you said, take it like a man. You, the Gypsy King made you look 
as amateur as everybody thought you was. What do you think about him and Joshua? <laughs> See that? I've, I was always a quite a big Joshua fan, but I think Tyson Fury is on a different level skill-wise. When you when you break down Joshua's, you eat it, Joshua's. When you break him down, in theory, he's still quite new to it. He didn't. He hasn't had the extensive um, amateur background that people think he did because he. That he started. Yeah, and even professionally now, he's. I, I don't even know how many fights he's had. 20 something? 30 something? No, 20, I don't think he's 22 and 1? Something, something like that. So he hasn't had that many fights, considering you think, look at some of the heavyweights and, well, a lot of the boxes. Yeah. But even look, take Lomachenko, he's a light, lighter weight, but he had like 800 amateur fights. There's a reason why he's so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he's like eight, 801 as an amateur, I think. And yeah. then he was, he's what, I don't know how many pro fights he got on one last Sunday. Because his debut, yeah. his pro debut was a world title. I watched back that last and I was like, did he lose? Well, it, his pro debut was for a world title, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who makes a pro debut for a world title apart from uh, apart from like, a man? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a, a man that is a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my favourite boxer of all time. Yeah? Current time. Current. Who's your favourite boxer of all time? I tried to talk boxing with Darren, he doesn't like it really. Uh, Anymore. He used to. Wise, um, I like Andre Ward. Obviously Tyson. Um, you Tyson's one of them. Like He's just a classic. You always think like the, the atmosphere he created. And like the way he was. Um, Muhammad Ali's another one. Obviously everyone loves Ali. Um... I think that's like a law. Is you do you like boxing? Yeah. Well, you have to like Muhammad Ali. It's a law. You have to. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but currently, um, obviously, Lubachenko is my favourite current boxer. Yeah. Uh, Style-wise, the way he breaks things down, the way he moves. Like there's a video somewhere, and I couldn't find the video anywhere. And um, people are calling out boxers, and he's imitating their styles. And um, it was such an interesting thing to see because it just shows how well he adapts to things. Yeah, and it's also mad that his old man made him stop fighting and take up dance, wasn't it? Mm. And he was um, he had a really good wrestling background as well. Yeah, is it Stambo or something? Stambo, yeah, I... yeah. Stambo. Oh, standard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can't say much longer. I'm only, I can only stay for another ten minutes. I go go pick the misses up, and so um. All good, mate. That's all good. Yeah, I've, I was always um. Ricky Hatton and Joe Calzaghe were my, my two. Yeah. Anyway, I, well, I love Joe's him. Wel Joe is a Welsh national hero, and he's definitely down as one of the best boxers of all time. I just really don't understand why he doesn't have enough credit. No yeah. credit enough. It's, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. It's because it's they always go, well, we fought so-and-so and so-and-so. They were late in their career. Well, he still beat him. Yeah. And he beat... A prime left hook Lacey. In fact, he destroyed him. It's just, a, it's one of those, isn't it? And then Ricky was brilliant up until he fought. Well, he was even brilliant when he fought Mayweather. And yeah. That 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 took it. That took him hard, didn't it? Yeah. That's when he went on his little downward spiral. But 
Look, look, I, 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 I like boxing. I've always liked boxing. And I'll be watch, I'll be watching you lift up the title on a Friday, mate. And I can't wait, but it's flown around and obviously it's a nice and change. Come around quick. Do you fight for a belt? Was he your ninth pro fight? Ninth pro fight, yeah. Ninth pro fight. Ninth I don't know how many Ninth, uh, I did nine pro fights, about three amateur fights, and then because um, I did one um, amateur fight on Cage Warriors before that, I'd done like two or three fights when I was like 14, 15, and then um, I don't know, um, I had three pro boxing fights um, and about 3,000 judo fights. There's <laughs> <laughs> all the judo fights, give them all of them. Uh, kickboxing, I did. I quite a few uh, ones. Uh, kickboxing fights. Quote old Ronda Rousey on this one. Because I used to say she was really inexperienced because she only had however many pro fights and however many amateur fights. She was like, well, I used to fight around the world doing judo. Every weekend. Hundreds upon hundreds of yeah. judo fights. So I'm used to competition. This mm. is the so it's pretty easy. I'd love to know how many fights I had in um, total, because um, like all the fights I did as a kid, like I've been competing since I was about eight, eight nine years of age. Like I've been competing, fighting in kickboxing tournaments, in combat jiu-jitsu, in BJJ, judo, um, bloody everything. To be honest, like everything I've competed in, I don't know how many different things and different sports against different people and different levels. And like judo, I fought world champions, world cup winners, I've trained the Olympic champions, world champion boxers. I mean, I've done my rounds, and um, I'm still only young, like, I've only, I've only got time to get better, exactly. and I, I'm every, every time. Not even at your prime yet, mate. Not yet, mate. I've got a long way to go, and uh, um, that's why I'm in no rush to get UFC yet. By the time I win this belt now, defend in June, maybe defend again in September. Um, like, at the minute now, I know I'm definitely able to beat uh, like the majority of fighters in the UFC um, by the time I get a little bit bigger now um, a little bit stronger again my technique gets better I, I think I'll be more than capable of beating the Habib Habibs of the world and um, whoever I need to that gets in my way so um, it's just always uh, progression it's just about getting better every time and not going backwards just making sure you're advancing spot on mate spot on and we're going to be here with the journey mate all the, the whole way that's nice to hear, mate. All the way. Definitely good to hear. So was it Cage Warriors Fighter of the Year you got last? Yeah, um, Cage so Warriors. Cage, so Cage Warriors Fighter of the Year, Granite Zero Guest of the Year, accolade, <laughs> and then Friday Cage Warriors Lightweight Champion. Yeah, nice, nice, and um. I think I'll be able to get a UFC uh, contract by the end of this year. So, uh, really Big looking goals. forward to it. Big goals. Looking forward to it. So, I think that's, uh, like you said, you got to go and pick up the long-haired colonel. Pick her up. So, it's a good way to finish finish the show there, mate. That was fucking spot on. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on, uh, on Friday, kicking some shit, mate. Definitely, mate. And we'll have to catch up after, 100%. Oh, 100%, mate. Definitely. 100%. The before and the after. <laughs> Definitely, mate. I'll be put over my belt, my new belt. Ah, oh, love it, mate. I'd love to. <laughs> Speak to you <laughs> soon.
Yeah, speak to you soon, mate. Cheers for that. Bye, mate. Bye. And there you have it. The latest episode of the Grand Zero podcast with Mason Dragon Jones. And he's going to bring that title back. You watch. But as always, time for me to close up the show. Thanks again to Combat Fuel. Thanks again to Infusion CBD, Dead Mammoth Coffee, and Right Flank. But as they say in the regiment, per ardua. Through adversity, I'm Tomo, and I'm out.